Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. When you think about expectations, expectations are this sense that something is going to turn out in a certain way. And there's a real danger with expectations because we place expectations on ourselves, but also we have other people who place expectations on us. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher, I'm the editor of the GRC Institute, and today we have with us Michelle Gibbings. I don't think you've been on a podcast before. I know you've been in the magazine, but not the podcast. I haven't been on your podcast. This is a first, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, welcome. So why I've invited you to come and speak. Well, sorry, I should proper introduction. So this is Michelle Gibbings, everyone. Um, For those of our members, I think you probably do read her blog and you get the tidbits from her. But just in case you're not sure, you have only just heard about her in passing. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. So I am a workplace expert. So I spend a lot of my time working with leaders um, and in organisations helping from a leadership perspective, um, but also helping people make better decisions and understand how and why they think the way they think. Um, And so then I guess there's a flip side to all of that. I also do a lot of work with people around careers, really helping them understand how do they set themselves up to have great careers. Um, I think the interesting thing, and obviously the relevance to your audience, is I have a background in governance, risk, and compliance. And so part of my long career history, um, I was head of compliance for um, a financial institution, and I do work with GRC because um, I am one of the facilitators and trainers for your um compliance and risk certification programs. So whilst I've sort of moved into a slightly different direction, I still have my feet um, in the risk and compliance community. And I think there's a lovely synergy between the two because so much of what you do as risk and compliance professionals is about how do you influence, how do you show up, how do you get decisions made that are good decisions, how do you lead others and lead yourself. And that's all the work that I do um, in the business that I now run. Excellent. And that is, for those listening, why I asked Michelle to come and speak with us today, because she wrote a very interesting blog about expectations and hope, theory and optimism. And I know that the last couple of years have definitely defied expectations or may have disappointed some expectations. So when we talk about expectation, just jump into it, what what are we really speaking about? When you think about expectations, expectations are this sense that something is going to turn out in a certain way. And there's a real danger with expectations because we place expectations on ourselves, but also we have other people who place expectations on us. And those expectations can often be unhealthy. Um, and I liken it to that example of, you know, you, we've all been in that situation where, you know, you've got that event that you really want to go to and you're really looking forward to it. And so you build it up in your mind. You've got this sort of expectation that's going to be amazing. And then you turn up and actually it's really not what you thought it was going to be. And you end up being disappointed. But the event that perhaps you really didn't want to go to, you turn up and you end up having this amazing time. And that's because in your brain, you've set an expectation, you've set a standard as to how something is going to play out. And then when it doesn't play out in the way that you want it to, you walk away disappointed. So that's for yourself. The challenge is we also know that people place expectations on other people. And sometimes those expectations can be unreasonable, they can be unfair, but also they can really box you in. And there's fascinating research that was done 
many, many years ago by a psychologist. Um, and he looked at the impact on how expectations that teachers have of their students. And so what they had done was they set up this experiment where you know all the students were pretty much at the same standard of academic ability, but the teachers were given the names of the students that they were told were going to do well through the year. But those students were just picked at random. There was no um, reason why those students were actually going to be doing any better. What they found through the research was that the teachers then treated those students differently. They were more supportive. They were more friendly. They were more willing to spend time with them and to help them as opposed to the students that they had been told weren't going to perform as well. So that setting of those expectations changed how those teachers were going to interact with the students, even though the students were actually all at the same academic level. And so you've got to be really careful about expectations and really challenge yourself. What are the expectations that I've got on myself and are they realistic? And also what are the expectations that I'm placing on other people? And once again, are they realistic? Are they fair? And maybe we could sort of tie that in maybe tell a little bit about what expectations a GRC professional might have of the organisation or vice versa. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because you think about it, you know, everyone comes into a role with expectations as to what their role is going to be. Um, and often there can be a challenge with that. And, you know, I do a lot of executive coaching work and often what I see where there is a rub in relationships between people is because there's a mismatch of expectations. You know, someone's coming into a senior compliance or a risk role and they've got expectations as to how things should be done or how their role needs to play out. And then they come up against somebody else who has a very different expectation as to, well, actually, I don't think you should be involved with that. I, I don't see why I would need to consult with you. And so then you have that clash because there is a clash of expectations. And so one of the key roles then for the risk and compliance person is to really understand, you know, where is the other person coming from? How do I influence to change their expectations, change the assumptions that person has about the role and the value that I can add to the decision that they are making. So yeah, expectations are all around us. And it's really important to understand what are the expectations people have on you? And how is that impacting and potentially limiting the role that you're playing? So in that particular blog post, you also discussed optimism and hope theory. And I was really interested to see optimism not necessarily being a completely positive thing. Uh, so talk a bit about optimism in that expectations context. Yeah, look, it is interesting because, you know, I put myself into the camp of, you know, I'm an, um, you know, I like to look at the world. And so if you think about optimism, it's almost like a dispositional trait. It's, it's a way that you see the world, you know, it's like the, you know, glass half full or the glass half empty. The challenge with optimism is it needs to be balanced with realism. Um, and there's a really famous um, piece of work um, that was done and written up by Jim Collins in his book, From Good to Great. And I talk about it as the Stockdale paradox. Um, and it's based on the experience of Admiral James Stockdale, who was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. Um, and what he found when he was reflecting on his, the time that he spent in that um, prison camp is that often the people who didn't make it out were the optimists. And what he said was that, you know, the optimists were the ones who were like, oh, yeah, we're going to be out by Christmas. And Christmas would come, Christmas would go, and then they'd still be there. And so his view was it's really important to, you know, never confuse your faith that you're actually going to prevail so that you will actually get out. You can't afford to lose that. But you've actually got to have the discipline to confront the brutal facts of what you're actually facing 
seeing. And so, you know, you can look at that in today's context because with COVID, you know, there are many people who after year one of the pandemic were going, great, 2020 done, 2021, it's going to be awesome. We're going to be back to normal. Uh, no. And then we get to the end of 21 and people are hoping and optimistic about what 2022 is going to bring. Um, and one of the things I was saying to people last year, you really need to temper the optimism, be realistic about what's going to be achievable in 2022, because the weirdness and uncertainty that we have with COVID will be with us potentially for at least another year. And we don't know. I mean, there's predictions that could even go for longer. We just don't know. And so that doesn't mean you can't be optimistic. But what it it does mean is you really need to sit back and challenge yourself and go, what am I really facing? And therefore, how do I deal with it? And I love the work of Scott, um, a psychologist, Scott Barry Kaufman, and he runs a very good podcast as well. So he's worth listening to. And he talks about tragic optimism. And the sense of tragic optimism is this, you're still searching for meaning. You're realizing and recognizing that there is going to be things in life that just don't work out but you search for the meaning in what's going on around you to then work out how you respond to that. And I think that's the same in a, in a work context because, you know, we all have it. We'll have good days. We'll have bad days. We'll have things when th things go to plan and other times where things feel like it's just total chaos. And when you've got tragic optimism, it means that you're still holding on to that sense that things will work out in the end, but I am going to actually be realistic about what I'm confronting right now. Excellent. So another thing you discussed, of course, and we talked about it earlier in the podcast is hope theory. What is hope theory? And how is that different from optimism? Look, to me, I, it's interesting. So hope theory was developed back in the 1990s by a researcher called Charles Snyder. Um, and it's interesting with hope because it is, you know, often when people think about hope, they connect it to expectations. And, you know, it's important to recognize that you can be hopeful and actually not have expectations. That sense of hope is very much about being once again realistic about what you're facing. So there is a connection to, in my mind with the, the approach of tragic optimism, but you're getting very goal-directed. And so what you're doing when you're hopeful is you're getting really clear around, here's a direction on which I want to head. So you clearly articulate those goals, but you articulate goals that you actually have a reasonable chance that you can achieve because there's no point putting out a goal and hoping that you going to get there is there is no chance that you are ever going to make it. Then what you also do is you look at specific strategies and you have options in those strategies because what you want to do is identify pathways. What are the potential strategies, potential options, potential routes that I can take that are going to help me get towards those goals? And in today's environment, that's really important because when there's a lot of uncertainty, you can go, I'm clear about where I'd like to head, but I'm not quite sure whether all those pathways are actually going to eventuate because things may change as we go through. Then the last part of the hope theory is very much the motivational component. So what are you using to actually get yourself up, set the intention, make sure you've got the capability and the confidence to keep moving through when you're reaching roadblocks. So when I look at hope theory, to me, hope theory gives you a structure and a bit of a process that you can use to really go, okay, here's where I want to get to. And I'm going to build a plan that's going to help me get there. You can then apply it to like that tragic optimistic mindset, because you're still realistic about some of the challenges you might confront as you move forward.
Oh, excellent. So not limiting yourself in terms of what comes at the end, but also um, being adaptable, I guess, is one of the tricky bits there. Yeah, it is. And like, I mean, I think, and, you know, I love all the words that we find for adaptability because, you know, we use words like pivots and things like these, they're agile. <laughs> um, but it is, adaptability is critical. And the, the adaptability is not getting too fixated on how things have to be. And when you're fixated on how things have to be, that to me is where the expectation piece plays in because you're saying, I'm only going to do this if it, give, if it gives me this. Well, it may not. You just don't know. Um, and so part of, I guess, really working through how do you make the most of 2022, it doesn't mean you can't have goals and set intentions and all that kind of stuff, but it does mean let some of those expectations go because if you are too fixated on where you have to be right now, you will end up being disappointed but it's looking for the opportunities because there are still opportunities, even amidst all the uncertainty and this sort of sense of, you know, it feels like, you know, sometimes you're waiting through treacle because it is a much harder environment to get things done. And certainly in the last couple of weeks, you know, in conversations with clients, motivation is really lacking. People are finding it very hard to get going. And what I've said to people is, that's actually okay. Don't beat yourself up about that because that's the reality of the situation that you're confronting. And for leaders, if you're finding it hard to be motivated, it's likely your team are too. So have some really open, constructive conversations around what's the reality that we're facing? How do we help each other get through this? And what can we realistically achieve given how we're feeling? So you've, you've been giving some really good words of wisdom throughout, um, but I'm going to make it really directed to our GRC listeners. Um, and what words do you have for them in, in the context of expectation and hope theory and optimism? I, you know, I, I often say to people, I loved my time in risk and compliance, and I think they are such pivotal roles. They are so important um, in the organisation because you can help people think differently. You can also help people think ahead. Like I look at the you know issues we're currently facing with um, you know, a lack of rapid antigen tests. And if you had good risk people in your organisation, they would have sat down and done the scenario planning and they would have been saying, we can see this is coming and we need to be ready for it. And so one of the great things that risk and compliance people can do is really help the organisation not just deal with what's going on now, but think three steps ahead. So do the scenario planning, work through and very logically think about what might be some of the future challenges that we're going to face as we work through this pandemic. Be realistic about that. How do we then help people work through this? But also recognising what's the additional support that you not, might need to provide to different areas of the organisation who are really struggling, not just with um, the sort of motivational and fatigue they're feeling, but also the new raft of operational risks that you've got because you've got people in and out of the organisation, you've got people quarantining, you've got high, in some areas, turnover rates because of exhaustion and fatigue. You've also got people being furloughed. So there's a whole new environment that we're facing um, or and in some respects continuing to have faced in terms of lags from last year. And so it's more important than ever, the risk and compliance people are sitting around having the conversations with the business leaders to help them navigate their way through this. 
Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Michelle. My absolute pleasure. And thank you. Great questions, Kwame. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute. And the music was produced by Rob Neary.